Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Thursday, November 26th edition of the MMA OB Daily Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Adam Martin. I'll be taking you guys through the latest in the world of combat sports. We don't have a big MMA event this weekend, but we do have a big boxing match between Mike Tyson and Roy Jones Jr. So I'll be previewing that fight and taking you guys through that card. Um, There are some updates to this weekend's UFC card. Of course, myself and Cole broke down the entire card Tuesday. If you missed it, go back and watch it. It was a good podcast. Definitely check it out on Tuesday. Um, got some news and fight announcements. And obviously, I'll take your guys' questions throughout the, the show. But uh, some personal news, I guess. Just found out this week that I'm going to be a father for the first time. So it's uh, obviously pretty big personal news for me and for my uh, girlfriend. So we're both excited about it. Uh, yeah, I mean, it definitely was surprising when I heard. But I'm, I'm happy about it, man. So... Uh, I just want to tell you guys that's going to happen what next summer. So still a long ways away, but uh, yeah, it's definitely uh, it's definitely good stuff. Let's go. Let's get into this though. Louis Kalis says, "Who's broadcasting the fight?" It's uh, Triller. It's an app. I think it's Fifty American for the for the fight. So that's who it's uh, broadcasting by. But uh, let's get into this this uh, this fight. So let me pull the the card out. I did talk about this fight yesterday with uh, Cole on the Odds.com podcast. So if you want, you can go listen to that. But Let's go through it today. So there's four fights in this card. And I will put the screen up here. Should work. Yep. So we got four fights. Um, again, I talked about the call at length, but I want to do it right now for you guys. So the first fight, cruiserweight belt between Hasim Rahman Jr. and Rashad Coulter. This fight's uh, short notice bout. Coulter was uh, supposed to fight someone else originally, so Raman Jr. is taking a short notice. From what I saw, we didn't have odds for this fight. I'm looking at pro boxing odds right now, and I do not see odds for this bout. Maybe they'll come out like in the next day or two. The fight's on Saturday, but either way, I, I think Raman Jr. will probably be favored to win this fight. Coulter, he only has the one fight in boxing. It was five years ago. He did win, but he's been fighting MMA since then and, and didn't do very well. He's also 38 years old. Wamin Jr., younger guy, uh, probably a better boxer as well. I mean, Coulter's a big heavyweight, so he could land a bomb. You never know. It's boxing. It's it's combat sports. But I think he'd be more likely to win in MMA just by a random punch, um, not in boxing. So I, I do favor um, Hasim Rahman Jr. Again, no odds for this one, but I expect him to be favored to win this fight, uh, especially if, even the fact he's filling on a short notice. I just think that the fact he's such a more experienced boxer in this fight it will play a dividend for him. Now, the next fight, I do Jack against Blake McKernan. We actually do have odds for this fight over at uh, Pro Boxing Odds. And right now we have – let me let me switch to that screen, actually. Share screen. Pro Boxing Odds. This should work. Yeah, we do have odds. Okay, so this fight right here, but do Jack against Blake McKernan. I mean, you look at the odds, guys. They were actually a little bit lower yesterday. I think it was minus 1,700 or something. And now it's basically minus 2,000 across the board. And – Really no surprise. We actually do have uh, props for this, which we didn't have yesterday. Let's take a look here at props. Um, Bet365 has a lot of props. I believe Jack wins his fight. He's a big favorite, obviously, like most boxing favorites. He's a huge one. And, uh, you know, McKernan's an undefeated guy, so he obviously has that going for him. But just the level of competition, man, especially in a, in a boxing match like this, like, you've got to favor Jack. Now, again, we have props for this fight. I just see round props right now. do Jack wins his round one, et cetera. So, uh, you know, I think he wins by knockout, but I'd rather just like look for a TKO prop or something inside the distance. Um, I don't see that right now. Maybe it'll come out, but I don't know what round he'd win in. I, I do think he wins the fight by knockout, though. So 
Definitely look for a prop because minus 2,000, it's hard to lay that kind of juice. But if you look for a prop, maybe it'd be a little bit more profitable that way. Uh, I definitely think Jack wins the fight, though. McKernan just isn't on the same level, so Badu Jack should win. Now, the next fight, Jake Paul versus Nate Robinson. This is a crazy fight. Cruiserweight fight, uh, I should mention. And it's a pro fight. The other, everything except for the main event is a pro-sanctioned boat. They're all sanctioned, but the main event's an exhibition. But this is a this is a pro match, even though it's a 1-0 guy against a guy with 0-0 record. So, obviously, Jake Paul, brother of Logan Paul, he's a good athlete. He had a nice knockout in his uh, boxing debut earlier this year, so that was nice to see. Nate Robinson never fought in boxing before. It's his first fight. Former NBA dunk champion, three-time dunk champion, so just a great athlete. Uh, we all remember Nate Robinson from his days with the Knicks. The guy had hops, man. He could fly. Uh, but this is obviously a different sport. He's 36 years old now, so he's 13 years old, older than Paul in this fight, which obviously is not good. He's never fought before. I still think if you look at the odds, obviously, uh, it's right now Jake Paul basically across the board. He's at minus 200 to minus 250. So, like, I'm not surprised he's favored by any means. But at the same time, this is a guy with one boxing fight. He's more of like a YouTuber celebrity than an actual boxer. Nate Robinson's a good athlete. So, yeah, I mean, Paul probably does win this fight. You look at the odds and he's favored to win heavily. But Nate Robinson probably has a puncher's chance here. I mean, this isn't a fight I'm really interested in betting because – I kind of lean towards Paul, but I wouldn't lay that juice on him. You're not going to lay a, a juice on a guy with one fight, in my opinion. So I would pass on, on playing this one, unless you want to take a shot at Nate Robinson. Now, as far as props go, we're looking at them right now here. And Cole brought this up yesterday. He really likes the under three and a half rounds. He thinks it's going to be an early knockout. I like the fight just not going in the distance. I don't think there's any way this fight goes the full um, the full distance here. Uh, I, I think someone does get knocked out in this fight. So, you know, my, my lean is towards Paul, just like the odds suggest, but it's not as heavy of a lean as the odds are suggesting either. Like, I think he should be fair, like minus 150 or something. Like, So minus 250, there's no value really, in my opinion. Maybe he goes out there and smokes him, and maybe, you know, it looked, it looked uh, like an easy fight and it turns out to be easy money. But for me, it's a guy that's an amazing athlete against a guy who's a good athlete who has one boxing fight. So it's kind of a weird matchup to break down. But yeah, I mean, my pick would be, Paul by knockout, but I do think Robinson has a chance to win. I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't pull it off. Now, the main event is the fight everyone's talking about, and uh, there's a lot of confusion about this fight. I mean, first off, there's a lot of different rules for it. Um, essentially, it's an exhibition boat. They are not encouraging knockouts, but a knockout could happen. Tyson's promoter yesterday, or the promoter for the event, he uh, he said that they actually are encouraging the fighters to knock each other out, but the commission said they don't want them to knock each other out. So, it's kind of weird like that. Like it's it's very strange. And if there is a knockout, what happens then? Do they just stop the fight? Is it a DQ? Like we don't really know. There's so many unanswered questions about this fight. But just breaking it down, you look at the odds right now. Basically, Tyson is a minus 200 favor across the board at the sportsbooks offering it. As you can see, um, the other fights are being offered like every sportsbook. This fight, only a few books are having it. But I do think that's going to change in the next two days because, yes, they're not going to be uh, judged by actual – California judges sitting ringside. There's going to be uh, three former boxers that will be judging it remotely. But at the same time, we do we will have a winner. It's just not going to be an official winner. But the winner is there because of the betting purposes. That's basically what it is. They said for entertainment purposes, that means betting. They can't not have bets on this fight. There's this meme floating around saying you can't bet on this fight. It's not true. You can bet on it. You guys can see the odds right now. But Vada actually took the line down. They put it back up. So they put it back up today, this morning, which is good to see. Um, Pinnacle has had the odds up and Sports Interaction too. So I expect these other books to jump in the next couple of days, especially now that we know 
Uh, there will be judging, just not right there beside the ring. It's going to be remotely done, but we will have a winner. Um, you know, I, I would encourage you guys to read my article at odds.com. I broke down this fight in, in much greater detail, but I really like Roy Jones Jr. here, guys. You know, I, I looked into this fight a lot, and I, I think both guys obviously have passed the victory. Mike Tyson's got the power, and even if they aren't encouraging him to knock someone out, I think he could still do it because he's always got that power. He's He's got the thunder in his hands. So I wouldn't be surprised if he did catch Jones early in the fight and did put him away. But overall, I, I favor Jones Jr. for a few reasons. First off, he's a little bit younger, 54 to 51, but still, he's a little bit younger. Uh, he's been far more active. That's that's another reason I really like him here because he's actually had, I think, 13 fights or something since the last time Tyson fought or something like that. Um, he's been fighting a lot frequently, very frequently, actually, and uh, he's looked good for the most part. He's won four straight fights coming into here. Mike Tyson hasn't fought in 15 years, guys, since 2005. His last one was 17 years ago. Uh, again, it's an exhibition fight. The fact that they're not encouraging knockouts, but it could happen is, is very weird. It's a weird fight. Don't get me wrong, but I'm not passing up value. And I, I do think there's value on Roy Jones Jr. plus 170 over a pinnacle, as you can see. I think he can win this fight. I really do. Um, he's got the the speed advantage. He's got the cardio advantage. And I could definitely see him just outboxing Mike Tyson for three rounds and getting the job done. So, you know, definitely a competitive fight. No doubt about it. It's not like I'm, this is a sure thing. But I'll be honest, guys. I actually favor Roy Jones a little bit outright. So at plus 170, it's a no-brainer. You just can't go heavy on it because of all the weird rules and stuff. But you want to throw a few bucks on this fight? I don't see a problem with it. You just have to go with the dog. It's dog or pass for sure, in my opinion. Um, Tyson might win, but I do favor Jones a little bit just basically due to the recent activity. And he's just been more successful. And, and again, I think he's got a little bit of advantages in this fight overall, except for maybe the pure KO power. Although, again, I mean, will that even come into play? I'm not sure. If this was like a, a real professional sanctioned fight that had a ref and, and judges that were going to we're going to have a winner that night and knockouts were allowed. I, I might pick Tyson, but the fact that the, it, it has that weird rule, I mean, it makes me even lean more towards Roy Jones Jr. So my pick, Roy Jones Jr., by decision. I do like my decision. No props right now, but last week there was a decision prop at plus 300. I would take that because I do believe that he will win a decision in this fight. So overall, it's uh, listen, it's not everyone's cup of tea, this card, but I will be tuning in. I just wish it wasn't the same time as the UFC. That's very unfortunate. UFC obviously is my baby. That takes precedence, but uh, it's still a pretty interesting card, I think, overall. Um, even though some people are going to laugh at some of these fights, and I get it, some of them are you know kind of ridiculous, the co-main event especially, but there's something about this card that I'm intrigued by. So um, you know maybe it's gonna, just going to be a, a big, just a big mess. Like it's very possible, but it could turn to be a pretty good night of fights. I don't think it's as bad of a card as some people are saying it's going to be. So. That's it for uh, this card. Now, I want to talk about UFC this weekend. We do have a uh, an update. So, unfortunately, one fight has been moved. It's uh, I don't see it listed now, but the fight between uh, Zhalgaz Jumagulov and Amir Albazi has been postponed. It's been moved to UFC 257. So, I want to give an update to that because uh, that was going to be a pretty good fight, I think. And I did lean towards Jumagulov in that fight. Uh, I'm not sure what the issue is. I think it's a visa issue or something for one of these guys. But either way, unfortunately, this fight's not happening this weekend. But we still have 11 fights for this card. Again, Tuesday, myself and Cole Sheldon, we broke down the entire card. And, I mean, there's some definitely some good fights on this card. May eventually be good. The line is, just keeps climbing. And minus 370 now at five dimes. Um, the co-main event's interesting. The line's dropping a little bit. It's, like, almost near a pick now. And you guys know about some of these other guys I like, like Parisian, Beza. So, Definitely go back and check out the uh, the preview show if you missed it. It should be a decent card. 
Um, it's not as bad as some people are saying. I mean, definitely there's some fighters out here that shouldn't be in the UFC, like like this fight, Smith and Dumont. This is not really UFC or Caliber or Mazzani Ostevich. I mean, quite frankly, some of these other guys like uh, the Santos and stuff, like these are guys that really are bubble fighters, Parker Porter. But there's some good fights. These these top two fights are good. The Baeza Saddle fight should be good. Algio Carlisle. So there's some good fights. Definitely worth watching, in my opinion. All right. So uh, let's go to some news here. Pull up bjpen.com. There's some news, man. There's been a lot of news the last couple of days. So let's go to this. Uh, let's see here. So I'm going to start with up here. Reddit MMA poster reveals the behind-the-scenes look at being in the corner of Mike Perry. So some guy on Reddit actually did end up being in Mike Perry's corner. He posted this video um, on Reddit, and it's kind of interesting. It's crazy, right? Like, remember Dana said, he's like, oh, you can't do that. You can't sell your corner spot. Well, he ended up doing it, Mike Perry. Uh, you know, watching the video, I mean, this guy's advice was not that bad. He's not a professional fighter by any means, but I thought he did an okay job in the corner. It's just crazy that Mike Perry just doesn't really take his career seriously. Like, he looks at it as, like, almost a game, like entertainment, and it is in a way, but not in the full way, because uh, you look at his recent run, it's just loss and loss, right? So he's been losing a lot of fights lately. Mike Perry, I think, should take some time off, reevaluate his career. I, I hope his management team talks to him. Like, like they got they got to know that at this point, like, he won't be cut because he's popular and Dana White likes him, but just, like, his recent performances have really, really left a lot to be desired. And, uh, the fact he had some random dude in his corner is just bizarre, you know? It's funny. Don't get me wrong. It's a good story, like, but it's just bizarre. Jake Paul, he wants Conor McGregor, Masvidal, or Askren. They're going to get the smoke. I mean, listen, I, I doubt it, but just say he goes out there and knocks out Nate Robinson, and he'll have some clout to, to play with. Um, you know, these Paul brothers, man, a lot of people think they're a joke, but, you know, these guys are getting these big fights. Like, Logan Paul now is talking about fighting Floyd Mayweather in, in an exhibition fight. Like, it's a celebrity, right? So you, know, you can say what you want about these guys, but man, like they're they're doing well with their lives. They're making a ton of money, and they're just laughing at the rest of us, man. So I, I honestly have, you know, for me, it's like, yeah, you know, if you don't want to, if you don't want to watch these fights, don't watch them. But like, how can you really knock someone else's hustle? Like they're not doing anything illegal, they're not doing anything wrong. They're just being, uh, you know, entertainers. I, so I don't really have a problem with these guys fighting, but obviously, you know, they should be fighting guys like Nate Robinson, not guys like McGregor, Masvidal, etc. This was interesting too. AJ McKee said that back in 2008, he was 13 years old. He's only 25 now. His dad, um, uh, Antonio McKee, fought in the UFC once against Jacob Volkman in this horrible fight in 2010. But in 2008, apparently there was like some wrestling function for, for youth and McKee was there. Dana White was there with Rampage Jackson and AJ McKee met, uh, met Dana White and basically said, listen, I'm going to be a champion one day. And Dana said, if you do it, I'll owe you lunch. And now in 2020, he's one fight away from being a champion in Bellator. So you know, this kid is incredible. He's 17 and 0 now. Uh, just an amazing, amazing talent. You guys know how high I am, I am on him. Uh, I'd love to see him fight the UFC. Now, at the same time, I, I don't know what Scott Coker would have thought if he heard these comments, right? Because he's probably like, what the hell? But if you read the article, <clears throat> he basically says, you know, I'm not interested in the UFC. I like being in Bellator. I love Scott Coker. They've treated me well. So it didn't sound like he really had an interest in the UFC necessarily, but... <laughs> You got to imagine if he sits down with Dana White, if this has ever happened, this theoretical lunch, you know, Dana White would be like, I want to bring you into the UFC. And this, this kid's incredible. Like, he's a seriously a good prospect. He's probably the best prospect. He's a contender at this point. But, you know, as far as prospect goes, it doesn't get any more blue chip than AJ McKee, Antonio McKee Jr. Uh, Bare Knuckle Championship, they said they're not interested in signing Anderson Silva. Cole got a quote from uh, their David Feldman, from their uh, president. Now, 
I'm not shocked by this either. Like, it seems like all these promotions are, are turning Anderson Silva down, but it's just funny how, like, all these promotions are all of a sudden this moral authority on, like, who should be fighting or not. Like, Bare Knuckles had a lot of old people fight that shouldn't be fighting anymore, and they've had KO in brutal fashion. The same goes with Bellator, even the UFC. I mean, they brought in CM Punk and, like, James Tony. So all of a sudden, Anderson Silva is not good enough for these promotions. It's very bizarre. It's very bizarre how Anderson has just become this, like, martyr of, of why you shouldn't let older fighters fight. I understand he got KO'd in his last fight by Hall. He looked okay in that fight, guys. He didn't look terrible. He didn't look out of place. He's also just two, three fights back from uh, a decision with Adesanya. It was a pretty competitive fight. It wasn't a huge blowout. And that's the best guy in the world. So, yeah, I mean, Anderson's obviously on decline. He's been on decline for years. I've been fading him for years. But I still think there's fights he can win. So, you know, people are saying he's completely washed up. He's a bum. I don't agree with that completely. Because, again, if you look at who he lost to, like he only lost to elite guys. Cannoneer, Israel Asanya, Uriah Hall. Like these are top 10 guys in the world. And even though I didn't think he won the fight, he does have that win over Brunson from a few years ago. So he's not as bad as some people are saying. And, and I don't know why he's getting trashed so much. Lately. It's kind of like it's kind of sad how like the MMA community just spits these uh, legends up and chews them up. Uh, and spits them out, you know, Dana, and Dana White's the guy leading the charge with that. Speaking of Dana, this was a good story. Uh, Dana White handed Davis and Figueroa $50,000 in cash. He said he effed up, not giving him a bonus at two fifty five. And I think we all agree with that, you know, on Tuesday with me and Cole, uh, on the podcast, we both said that we were surprised that he didn't get a bonus at first, Figueroa. Uh, listen, I know they like Buckley and they gave him a bonus. And obviously I, th- I thought Antonio Shachenko for sure deserved a bonus. She had a good performance, but I was shocked when Figueroa didn't get the second bonus. You know, Buckley's knockout was cool, but it wasn't like anything crazy special. Not like the last one with the kick. So I know they like that kid. That's good, but Figueroa deserved it. I'm glad they changed things and uh, made things right. Um, and some people are pointing out the fact that, you know, maybe this is just a gift. Like it, it won't be taxed on like the uh, the other bonus dollars, which are taxed, right? So maybe it works out better for Figueroa in a way. Uh, but yeah, it's, I mean, listen, good for Dane. He's got the photo op with the with the UFC gift bag and, and Figueroa pulled out the big stack of cash. So I'm happy for the guy, man. I mean, listen, he deserved it. And I'm pretty sure that once he said, listen, I'll fight again in two weeks, they were like, all right, you can have this money. Seriously, though, like, it's crazy, right? Like $50,000 of uh, of cash. <laughs> if one of us got it, man, I'd be, like, over the moon. But for the UFC, that's literally a drop in the bucket, guys. So a guy like Figueredo, after the UFC made all that money for the pay-per-view, yeah, they can afford to give him an extra 50000 which he deserved in the first place. Andre, what's going on, man? He says, Figgy can be, can be Figgy be a star? I think so, bro. I really do. I mean, the guy's incredible. You look at uh, Figueredo. Pull him up here, Davidson Figueredo. You look at him, man. He's just, he's just so good. The one thing I don't like is he's 32. I mean, I'm 32 as well, but at the same time, like, I'm not a professional athlete. So he is in his prime right now, but, like, I, maybe he's, he's a little bit of a late bloomer in the sport, which is good, but I think it does cap his ceiling a bit. Like, if he has 25 – Man, the, the sky would be a limit for him. You could be talking about potential goat. At the same time, though, he's damn good, man. You look, look at his record, Andre. Twenty and one, and in the UFC, he's nine and one with the one loss to Formiga, which again, I was so surprised he lost that fight. Couldn't believe it. I remember when when he lost, he just got basically outgrinded for three rounds. I think he won, lost thirty twenty seven, right? Yeah, or twenty nine twenty eight. So I guess it was a little closer than I, than I thought. But either way, I mean, look at the other wins he's got. Pantoja, that was a great fight. Elliot looked good, and then Benavides back to back. And then uh, Perez in the last fight. So he's an absolute stud, man. I, I really like uh, Davis and Figueredo. There's a few reasons why I don't think he'll be a superstar. I think he could be a star. He could be a star. He could sell some pay-per-views. But I don't think he speaks English, which is definitely an issue in North America. Like, look at Jose Aldo, legend of the game, one of the greatest of all time, one of the GOATs. 
but he never really caught on with a lot of the fans. And a lot of people are like, oh, it's because he's small. I do think it's because he just didn't um, develop his English skills. And I think it did cap his uh, ability to captivate the North American audience. So I'd like to see Figueroa work on that. Perhaps he is. Um, but either way, as far as his in-fight skills, I mean, the guy's an absolute stud, man. He's so good. And yeah, I think he's he's already a star. I mean, this is his second pay-per-view being, uh, being a headliner, right? Uh, but, uh, I, you know, superstar potential, I'm not sure, but star for sure. Now, who's he fight next? Moreno, as you talked about here. He's not ready for his boy Moreno gets smoked. You know, you look at the odds for that fight, and, and right now Figueredo is, is a big favorite. Pull it up here. Figueredo, where's the odds? Right here. Uh, minus 290. So the odds are even climbing up because if they opened up a little bit lower, 275. So it's climbing up now. Figueredo minus 290, Moreno plus 245. So unfortunately, man, your uh, your boy Moreno, according to the sports books, is probably going to lose this fight. Now, we all know that fights aren't played on paper. They're played on the cage. And I think Moreno has a better chance than these odds are indicating, but at the same time, it's like, how do you go against Figgy? He's so damn good. He's incredible. So love Figueroa, man, and I uh, can't wait to watch this fight. It's crazy. It's happening like three weeks from Saturday. Now it's actually only going to be like just over two weeks. So he's, I think it's 16 days away, right? Let's go through some other news here. Um, Francis is pissed, and you can't blame him. He had one fight this year for 20 seconds in April, and that's it. So I can't blame this guy for being pissed off. He wants to fight again. They're saying March for the Stipe fight, the third fight with Stipe, or the second fight, I should say, but uh, we'll see. I mean, Stipe is a guy that's not been that active in the last few years. He's an amazing fighter, obviously, when he fights, but Stipe essentially fights once a year, so I can definitely see why Francis is pissed. Like, he's in the prime of his career and fought 20 seconds this year. It's kind of a waste. And I said this yesterday. I was talking with Cole about this. Like, you know, I love this guy, um, Francis, but at the same time, you know, Maybe he should have taken another fight this year. Even if he was risking his title shot, maybe he could have made some money and at least, you know, stayed busy. Because right now he hasn't fought since April again, or May, I should say. And what is it, 20 seconds this year? That's it. Jared Cannonier, he named four potential opponents. He actually had arm surgery, broke his arm against Whitaker, blocking a kick, I believe. And uh, he says, he mentioned a few names Paulo Costa, Darren Till, Der- uh, Derek Brunson, and Uriah Hall. So I think all those fights make sense. Costa probably is the fight he'll get if I had to guess because they're ranked number, I think, two and three. So they're back-to-back in the division, and they're both just coming off a loss in the same card. So I think that would be the fight they would do. But, you know, with him coming off the arm surgery, he says he's going to be ready in March. That seems kind of soon. Like, it's basically December now. So I'm surprised he, he's going to come back that soon. But at the same time, Jerry Kanyer, I think he's like, what, 37 years old? So he's got to make a comeback quick because he doesn't have much that many years left in his career. I mean, he might have five years left because he's a bit of a late bloomer too, but you know, if he wants to make a title run, he'll probably want to do it in 2021. Joaquin Buckley, I talked about a little bit earlier. I mean, listen, I can respect this. He says he doesn't want to quit his job at Walgreens. He works in the pharmacy there. But, like, how good could this guy be if he focused on his career full-time? And I feel like maybe this is why the UFC gave him that 50K again. You know, they're, like, almost encouraging him, like, hey, start training full-time. We'll see how good you are. The guy's clearly good. He's got a lot of knockout parries. He's a very athletic guy. Um, we saw against Kevin Holland, though, he does have a ceiling in the sport. So, you know, I, I think he's good. He's like I called him a rising UFC middle contender. I think that's a good description of him. But you know, I'm, I still want to see more from this guy. It's just you know, one thing about the sport that's always bugged me is, and I get that they're independent contractors, and a lot of these guys want to work a second job, like Stipe, for instance. He doesn't have to work a second job as a paramedic and firefighter. He chooses to do that, so I respect that. If they want to work a second job and be hardworking, that's fine. But I've always wondered, like some of these guys that worked full time, 
throughout their careers, how good would they would have been if they could train full time? Like imagine Buckley trained full time, you know, like he's a good fighter already, but if he trained full time, he could be even better. And then Tim Means, he talked about this with Mike Perry at 27,000 because Mike Perry's dumb in this weight. Go for these comments here from Andre. I think Oliveira fight beginning to end for Tony. I mean, man, it's such a tough fight to call, right? Like the odds right now, I think it was uh, minus 150 plus 130 last time I checked, which was uh, yesterday, I believe. Right now we have Tony Ferguson minus 150 plus 130. So yeah, it's a tough fight to call, man, because Tony had the 12 fight win streak, but he's a little bit older. Now. He's, I think he's 37. He's a little bit older and coming off the brutal loss to Gaethje, like he got destroyed in that fight. And then Oliveira, seven straight wins. And he's not just a, a submission guy, he's a striker now too. So he's incredible. It's an interesting fight, man. I really need to think about that more. I mean, my initial lean was, was Ferguson, as the odds suggest, but I, I think you're right. I think Ferguson, or, uh, Oliveira is a really good chance to win. I'll take your other comment, Andre. If you were Aldo and they offered you to fight Edgar for the interim belt, would you do it? Yeah. I know it's his friend. I'm pretty sure they're buddies, right? But I think they should. I mean, they should take that fight because at this point, like Aldo's been waiting a long time for a title shot. He deserves it. But from what I've heard, they're just going to reschedule Jan and Aldo or Aljo for February, from what I heard. So we'll see that fight sooner than uh, later, hopefully. Um, I think it was a visa issue. I don't think it was an injury. I think it was a visa issue, probably because of COVID and stuff. Let's go back to BJ Penn, check out some other news here. Like I said, guys, there's always news happening. Now, this was kind of interesting. So Bare Knuckle Fighter, Sheena Star. I, I'll be honest, I never heard of her, but... Uh, she made some gang rape joke about Paige Van Zandt, and then I, I actually didn't know this, but Paige Van Zandt apparently had been gang raped as a teenager. So, I mean, these comments were they were already kind of distasteful for sure. And then, obviously, when you hear about uh, Paige Van Zandt and her own personal issues, uh, you you kind of felt sick about it. So, definitely uh, some some bad comments, and she kind of made this half-assed apology. It's like if you make something, if you say something stupid like that, you really gotta uh, play damage control. Like I would never say anything like that because I don't want to like you know even bother getting in trouble. Like why would you make a gang rape joke, joke in the first place, right? Like, it's dumb, even if you don't like the fighter. But at the same time, you know, the fact that she's kind of, like, doubled down on it, it's, it's kind of stupid. Um, UFC rankings update. This is interesting. Like, again, uh, some guys like Figueredo and stuff climbed the rankings. Shogun's out of the rankings now. I, to be honest with you, OSP's in it now. Why was OSP not in there in the first place? Like, he should have always been in there. He does have a knockout over Shogun, by the way, with the fight where Shogun slipped on the skateboard. So, yeah, I thought that was weird. But, you know, the rankings – it's just a baseline for the top 15 guys, but we all know that the rankings suck. So screw the rankings, man. I'm telling you guys, like there's a few guys to take it seriously, like my buddy, Brian and Oddsbreaker, but most of these guys, uh, I saw another article on yesterday, like half the websites doing it don't even exist. Like it's crazy. John says he wants to fight heavyweight. I mean, everyone wants to fight John Jones. So I wouldn't be surprised by that. And Poirier, as we all know, he wants that for, uh, that fight with Connor for a belt. Take another comment from you, Andre. Any news on Chandler's next fight? Yeah, so this is crazy, right? Michael Chandler is amazing, but, you know, he cut way for the fight in October. I get that. And he didn't want to come back against Ferguson – or, yeah, against Ferguson in December. So I get that. I mean, it was kind of a fast turnaround after a tough weight cut because he's a pretty big lightweight. But at the same time, like, you know, lots of guys cut weight and take short of those fights. You know, why is Michael Chandler so special? Like, I really like the guy. Don't get me wrong. He's a great fighter. I've known Michael for a long time. And I saw him fight – almost 10 years ago in uh, Ontario Casino Rama, like when he fought Gono and knocked him out. So like, he's been around forever. I, I respect the guy, but at the same time, like I'm just confused why he gets a pass almost on turning out a short notice fight, but all these other guys, Dana White's always like, you got to fight, you got to fight. So 
I love Michael Chandler. Don't get me wrong, but I'm just I'm just kind of just like confused why he couldn't make that sacrifice to make that weight cut. And I guess it's just too hard of a weight cut. It must be. Either way, I, I think he'll come back in January. Who should he fight? I mean, it's hard to say now, man. But there's obviously a lot of guys in the top ten that are unavailable or un available, I should say. Uh, you know, Dan Hooker, he's out there. Justin Gates, he's out there. I think both those guys make sense. They're calling for a fight against each other, by the way. But those guys make sense. Um, Rafael Lozano is coming off a big win. You could make some sense. Islam Makachev could make some sense. So there's a lot of guys he could fight. But I'd like to see him get back in the octagon soon. I mean, he hasn't fought. Uh, well, he fought in, in August for Bellator when he fought Benson. I get that. But you know, he signed with the UFC, I think, in September. And, and we haven't had his debut fight. And obviously, the whole backup situation at 254 played a factor in that. But at the same time, you know, it's it's almost December now. Like, I'd like to see the guy get booked for a fight. I think it's time for that. So if it was up to me, um, you know, I think those angles makes a lot of sense, man. Honestly, looking looking at it, like, that that's a really good fight for a debut, I think, in the UFC. Because quite frankly, I really like Michael Chandler. I'm just not really convinced he deserves a top three guy like Ferguson or Poirier or one of these guys. Like, I actually, I'm almost glad that Oliver got that fight. He deserves it more. He really does. He's won seven straight fights in the UFC. That's a little different than winning, I think, what Chandler's won three straight fights in Bellator. It's a little different. It's a little better. And yeah, Oliver is talking about. He wants to shock the world. It wouldn't surprise me at all. This would be a good fight. What else here? This was funny too. Curtis Blades, he had this comment about John Jones. Basically, uh, Aaron Bronsetter talked to Curtis and he was like, uh, you know, would you fight John Jones? And Curtis is like, no, because they don't change my salary. He was like, I'd rather just fight a bum for 200000 I thought it was a funny quote. So, you know, Curtis Blades, listen, man, he's not in Dana White's uh, good list right now. I don't think Dana White's going to send him a Christmas present. I'll tell you that because some of the comments he makes are somewhat controversial, but I love them as a media member because he's speaking the truth, man. And he's speaking his mind. So I actually really like Curtis Blades. I just know that Dana White doesn't like these comments, as we heard back in uh, in June when basically he, he's like, I want more money. And then he put on kind of a bad fight against Volkov. So, you know, Dana, he's on Dana White's happy list, I don't think, this year. But uh, I like Curtis Blades, man. And he's white. I mean, if you fight John Jones, you got to pay more. And Aaron was like, well, if you get paid 400000 he's like, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. So he just wants to get a raise, and I don't blame the guy. I just I don't think they'll do that fight, though. I'll, I'll tell you right now. I don't think they'll do John Jones' curse plays. They want to protect John Jones. He would really be at risk of losing that fight just by being grinded out by a bigger man. So that's a bad debut fight. Um, you know, if Jones is going to fight heavyweight, he probably should just get the title shot right away. Like, why even risk it? But if he's going to take like a um, like a like a like a basically a stepping stone fight, I guess tune up fight, if you want to call it. I don't even want to call it a tune up fight, but if he if he's going to get his uh, debut at heavyweight against a non title fight. Maybe Overeem makes more sense because Overeem is a guy that can be KO'd pretty easily, even though he's a beast. I love Alistair. He's incredible. And by the way, he had, he had a tweet the other day saying he's going to make one more run for the belt. So he's on his way out of the sport, but I think that would be a better fight than Blades, who I just think kind of lays on top of uh, Jones for five rounds. I think they're going to make Gate Jewish Chandler in the corner card. Yeah, they could. I mean, that card, let's pull that card up. That card needs some work star power. I'm done with the news anyways. Um, oops, 257. 257. Yeah, this card, well, it actually has quite a bit of fights on it, and I'm surprised. Okay, so yeah, I mean, this is obviously the main event here, Corey versus McGregor, but you look at the card, you're right, man. I mean, there's really no co-main event-worthy fights. Um, this fight will be in the main card, Rebus versus Watterson. That'll probably open up the main card, I think, because they love Rebus. That's a prelim, in my opinion, Ivers Calderwood. Tavares Jr.'s, like, uh, it could be on the main card, doubt it, though, probably prelim. 
Sanchez Muniz, that's a prelim. Paras Tarsuki, that could be in the main card. That's a great fight. Love that fight. Azatar Fravola, that's a prelim. Ramagamadov, Morozov, prelim. Burgos Duwadu, that was just announced. That's a great fight. I'm going to do some fight announcements in a second, by the way. And then Albazi Jumagulov, which I just told you guys had been rebooked. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's not a bad card, but you're right, man. It needs actually, it needs a big co-main event. Uh, I'm, I'm with you. I think they'll probably put Chandler or Gagey. And then, then if one of those guys get, uh, gets hurt in the main event, they can slide those guys up. All right. Uh, pretty much done with the news. So let's go to some fight announcements. I'm just going to pull up Marcel's page. Let's look at some fights, guys. All right, this one. Actually, Cole broke this one. Song Wu Choi against Steven Peterson. So my boy Cole broke this fight. I mean, it's a decent fight. Uh, both guys kind of in the same spot in the featherweight division, bottom end of it. But, you know, Choi is a little bit more younger and uh, a little bit more, I think, uh, potential in the sport. Eight and three record. He's only uh, two years younger than Ocho. Peterson's not bad, 18-9 record, but I don't know. He's been kind of like flaky in the UFC. I, I think I lean towards Choi a little bit, but it's definitely a close fight. It can go either way. We already talked about this one about Bayzie Jumagulov. It was basically a pick him at the odds before the uh, the fight was scrapped. I love this fight, guys. Burgos versus Tawadu. Uh, man, Shane Burgos is so good. 13-2 record, 6-2 in the UFC. That's a nice record. Tawadu, 12-1-1, 5-1 in the UFC. After that loss to Henry, he's just improved so much. Uh, both guys are great. Tough one, man. Very tough fight to call. I'm a big fan of both guys. I do think Shane Burgos is the better fighter, but he has been KO'd a few times now. And Tawadu hasn't shown knockout power really in the UFC, but he has it, man. He's got it coming at some point. My lean would still be towards Burgos a little bit. I think he'll be favored to win this fight, guys. But I'm telling you right now, don't count out Tawado. He's a beast. Umar Nurmagomedov against Morozov again. Another fight's been rebooked. You got a favor Nurmagomedov. I think he'll be a big favorite there. Gabe Green versus Phil Rowe. I, I don't get this fight. Phil Rowe coming off a massive KO win in his debut against the guy who didn't belong in there with him. And now um, Gabe Green is a guy who's – he only had one fight in the UFC. He lost to Dan Rodriguez, and that's it. This looks like a mismatch to me. I got to go with Phil Rowe in this fight, guys. He actually replied to it. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I like Phil Rowe uh, in this fight. Gabe Green's not, he's not that bad, but he's tough. I mean, he took a lot of damage in that last fight and didn't get KO'd, but Phil Rowe should win this fight. Julio Arce against Timur Valiev. That's another good fight. Valiev, man, what the hell happened in that last fight against Trevor Jones? He was just dominating the guy, and then he gets KO'd. It was, it was crazy. And Arce is just so experienced. He's only got a 3-2 record in the UFC. Wow, I thought he'd be a little better than that. Um, I like Arce in that fight. Valley of really disappointing in his debut. I talked about this with Cole the other day. This is a really good fight, though. Menafield versus uh, Knight. Awesome fight. These guys are both absolute studs at 205. Although uh, Menafield's been a little bit disappointing as of late. Um, Knight looked great in his last fight. That's a close one. I think Knight might be favored, though. He was a dog last time out, but he might be favored this time just because he looked so good in that last fight against uh, Alexa Kamur. Talked about this one. Man, what a, what a fight. I love, the, I love the hair color for Platt. For a platinum deep Bronx, you know, as soon as he changed the hair color, he started knocking people out. It's pretty crazy, right? Sorry, Cole, you're right. Phil Rowe, my bad, dude. Who am I talking about? Who's the guy at 254? I just I got them totally confused. <laughs> I knew something. Phil Hawes, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Thank you, Cole, for telling me that. I got him confused with Phil Hawes. Phil Rowe is a different fighter. My bad, guys. <laughs> I'm laughing because like, like they have the same name, basically. Phil Rowe, he's a welterweight, 7-2. Now I remember, he knocked out Shabazzin. Yeah, that's a close fight. My bad, man. <laughs> okay, good to know. Yeah, that's definitely a closer fight. Scrap what I said about that one, guys. It's a lot closer than I thought, but although I still favor Rowe a little bit. Victoria Leonorga's Natalia Silva. 
Leonardo Nara looked pretty good in her last fight against Chelsea Hackett, but again, you know, Hackett really just looked irrelevant. Natalia Silva, I don't know much about her. I think this is her debut in the UFC. Yeah, it is. I'm a little surprised. Why does she have why didn't she have to go through contender series? Why does she just get signed? You know, I, I don't really understand how the UFC does that, how they, they pick one guy to, to go through and and the other one gets to fight in the show and they have to or tough or something like that. It's, I don't really get it, but either way, whatever. We already know about that fight. I think that's it for the fight announcements. Um, actually, no, there's some more. There's some more. We got some more. Nick Lance versus Mike Grundy. That's an interesting fight. Um, Nick Lance, very experienced guy. Look at his record 14 8, 1 and 1. Grundy, 1 and 1. Tough one, man. But I mean, Mike Grundy, he's got, he's got the skills, but he just hasn't shown it really in, in the UFC. Um, Nick Lance is a grinder, but he's a guy who's been taking a lot of damage, he's getting up in their nades. This is a close fight. I don't know. It's probably going to be like close to the odds at the sports books, the odds, is, um, in my opinion. But, you know, Lance probably should be favored because of his experience. But I, I think Grundy's got a chance to win that. They're the wrong winner versus Antonio Arroyo. Uh, we're going to be filled it yet for uh, Antonio Braganetto. The wrong way coming off a PD suspension. He hasn't fought in a while. He's been kind of disappointing in the UFC. He's also a really small guy for the middleweight division. I, you've got to go with Arroyo here, right? Like, you have to, I think. Um, even though he had that fight canceled against Andrews, which was disappointing, I think he probably wins this fight. This is, I've talked about this one a little bit, but yeah, Hardy and Tabur, interesting fight. I mean, you got a guy who's just going to try holding him down, and this guy's going to try to knock him out. Interesting fight. I expect Greg Hardy to be favored, but I don't think it'll be crazy number or anything like that. This fight's this weekend. This is a fight that uh, Andre just mentioned in the chat. Munoz versus uh, Rivera. Yeah, I mean, it's a good fight. Um... Wow, really close one. Munoz, 8-4-0-1 in the UFC, and then Rivera, he's 7-3. Close fight. Oh, man, that's a close one. I think Munoz is a better overall fighter, but stylistically, it's not a bad fight for Rivera because if he keeps it standing, he's probably a little bit better at the kickboxing. Although I thought Munoz got robbed against Edgar. It was a close fight, I guess, um, according to most people. Yeah, I think it's a tough one. I think Munoz might be a little bit favored, like minus 130 to like minus plus 110 or something. It's a close fight, guys, seriously. This fight, Jared Gordon versus Danny Chavez. Man, the Chavez guy looked incredible against TJ Brown in his debut. And then Gordon's, you know, the guy you have to respect based on all his uh, personal struggles. And he did look good in his last fight, but this guy Chavez is legit. So I would go with Chavez and that one to be the favorite. This fight, we this odds are already up. Love the fight. But yeah, Perea is a small favorite here against Williams. And then that's it for as far as, far as fight announcements go. Andre says he picked Rivera. I think stylistically he could. Let me just go to MMA Oddsbreaker. I'm almost down here, guys. Get out here a little bit early today. Oddsbreaker. Um, the this is the podcast obviously right now. And then I may break down for the main event, opening odds for this weekend's card, and then the podcast from Tuesday. So check it out. Obviously not a not a crazy weekend MMA, but check all that stuff out. The other website I want to plug really quick, odds.com. If you go to the UXC section, uh Clint does his podcast, does a great job, and then uh, I got my articles here, so taking a look ahead at this weekend's fight. And then James Lynch has got an interview with Nate Manis, who's fighting this on this weekend. I actually really like him as an underdog, so that's a really good interview. So i definitely check that out. And uh, James is killing it himself. He just interviewed Chael, which was really cool too. Uh, and then the other website, see if this works. Oh. Should work. MMA ratings, another website I write for. Um, if you go to the article section, Just wrote this article, the UFC Flyweight Divisions, and I just talked about who could be next for Figueredo and Valent- and, uh, and Shevchenko. Anyways, that's going to be it for today's podcast, guys. Appreciate everyone who's sending questions. You guys can follow me on Twitter at Martin, podcast, mmadamartin.com, on our YouTube channel, Spotify, iTunes, 
everywhere you get your podcast. I'm also available at bjpen.com, odds.com, mmarings.net. Have a great weekend, everyone. Enjoy the fights, and I'll see you guys Tuesday, 10 a.m. with Cole to break down next week's UFC card. See ya. Bye.